welcome to TTM Cast, your sports collectibles podcast, sponsored by SportsCardForum.com, the ultimate in sports card trading and discussion, and sponsored by TheTroveSportsDen.com. Come and hang out and chat with baseball pros. And sponsored by Diamond Service Grading, fast, accurate, transparent card grading for today's collectors. And now, here's our host, Jeff Baker. Hello, everybody, and welcome to TTM Cast, your sports collectibles podcast where we talk TTM, cards, autographs, collecting, and more. And more is just our horrible NFL picking, Drew. We just, <laughs> that, that's more. We're like, we're like the 60 Minutes when Andy Rooney used to be more. So that's our more. My name is Jeff Baker. I am your host for the program. It is season three, episode 45. It is Sunday, November 14th. You're listening to the nationally ranked sports card podcast, hosted by me and co-hosted by Mr. TTM himself, Mr. Drew Pelto. Drew, welcome back to the program. Hey, good to be around once again. Uh, you know, we were talking a little bit uh, before the show, slower week for us here, but hey, it just means we got a lot more uh, a lot more non-TTM stuff to fill in, which I think is always fun. Yeah, we have tons of news uh, this week, guys, but uh, the TTM returns were not the best. Uh, I, I've had a, a pretty good week. Uh, I actually went out to um, Comic-Con in Providence, Rhode Island, and uh, I met, you know what, Comic-Con does it well, my friend. What they do is they have a whole floor set up with all the uh, celebrities in their own little booths. So you can go up, talk to these guys, introduce yourself. If you want to get an autograph, you can get an autograph. Some of the guys, some of the celebrities were even taking pictures if you didn't, you know, you didn't have to pay for it. Some of them you did have to pay for it, but it was, um, it, it's a really nice setup. It, it's a lot better than, than, you know, when you go to the national and you have to go behind rope lines and, you know, you don't see these guys. And I, I thought it was a, a, a fun show. I'm not a comic book guy. My son is totally a comic book guy, but I did talk to a lot of celebrities at the show, handed out a lot of business cards. I got, I don't know, seven or eight email addresses, which nice. is always good. So I sent out, um, I, I got verbal confirmation from all these guys at the show that they would do they were interested in being on our show and i sent out emails requests on thursday i believe um and then hopefully we'll get some responses back from these guys and we'll have some of these celebrities on the show because you know what you guys also collect celebrity autographs i know that you know we're not necessarily just um sports autograph talking we, we talked i like to talk to some of these celebrities and learn how uh, they deal with autograph requests through the mail and in person and uh, there's some kind of cool people so that's coming and we'll keep you informed of that and then i'm also going to the granite state baseball uh dinner um next saturday it is in manchester uh, new hampshire is put on um by the manchester fisher, fisher cats the new hampshire fisher cats there sponsoring it and um some some cool guests that are going to be there pete rose will be there um rico petroselli uh dick drago bernie carbo and louis tion so there's some guys i'm going to see if i can maybe get one of one or two of the guys on future shows uh, but again these these uh, events are a lot better than card shows to nail down people and talk to these guys they're, they're a little more relaxed they're a little more laid back and it's not a swarm of people usually. So um, they're going to have like a, I think an hour and a half time frame before the show for signing autographs. So um, that will be cool. 
And I, I'm all, I also bought tickets to, and we'll talk about this later in the year, but I got my tickets to um, Legends of Basketball Night in Naples, Florida in March. So um, Kevin McHale, Artist Gilmore, Rick Ferry, and Earl Monroe are going to be at this event. Wow. So um, I, I tried last year with Rick Ferry and Kevin McHale to get on the show and had no luck, but I think I might be able to get Artist Gilmore because... Artist has a relationship with Scott Terry from uh, DroppingDimes.org, and we have a relationship with them. So I, I think we might be able to get Artist Gilmore. So I got a lot of, lot of stuff com, coming up in person. I know you're going to tell us about a cool in-person event that you went to this uh, yesterday. So we got a, a lot of stuff going on. This, uh, this week, we have a really fun interview with um, the former Montreal Expo reliever, Bill Atkinson. Bill uh, is from... Morning. It was born and bred in Canada. He lives up in Canada now. And Bill had, had I had sent out a TTM request to him for my 1978 set, and he kindly uh, signed the card, sent it back, and, and I asked him if he wanted to be on the podcast. He was very gracious, and we talk about Bill's career and coming up being a, a professional player. You know, a high school kid, a young kid coming through Canada and trying to become a baseball player, which isn't the easiest thing. And Bill's only five foot eight, so he's not a a six foot six guy from Texas that throws a hundred miles an hour. It wasn't. So we have a nice, a nice interview with Bill coming up and Drew's wearing his expo hat on today. So that, that he's representing the expos, which I love, I love the old expo hat mm -hmm. and uh, that interview will be coming up next week. We will have an uh, interview with Howard Margulies, Mangley, Margulies, sorry, Howard Margulies, Margulies. Howard's going to kill me. Howard Margulies. <laughs> who is founder and CEO of a brand new company called sign.com. It's S-I-G-N-D.com. And what they're doing is they're creating this cool uh, fan experience for sports fans and for entertainment fans and music fans, where you can go on, pick through um, their large group of, they, they call them icons, which are, are people that are former professional athletes or, or or musicians or entertainers and what they'll do is they'll send you a uh, video message and also you get a piece they send you a piece of signed autograph memorabilia so uh, they have a, a lot of people in their um, stable and we talked to Howard about his brand new company so that will be next week and then the following week Thanksgiving week the, the uh, Sunday after Thanksgiving we have TTM collector Chris Winkles and you might recognize the, the last name Winkles Chris's uncle was Bobby Winkles, who was a uh, manager in the major leagues. He was manager for Arizona, you know, Arizona State, right? Arizona uh, yes, State. Arizona State. Yep. Yeah. And uh, he's a Texas guy. He's friends with Drew and Drew, Drew uh, brought him to my attention. And I had a great uh, talk with Chris the other day. So we have a lot of cool stuff coming up. There's a lot of fun stuff coming up uh, on the show. We have our regular segments. We have our Baker's Dozen news segment we have making the grade we have ttm cast stamp of approval we have the Vern rap minute we have our returns uh, if you want to send us feedback comments if you have an idea for a guest or you think you might be a good guest send it to our text line at 978-729-0662 or you can email us where can you email us Drew? that would be ttmcast at yahoo.com that's right. And I failed to mention Drew has an outstanding channel on YouTube. Drew, where's your, where, what's your YouTube channel? If you just go and check out Drew's autographs, you can find it at youtube.com slash Drew Pelto. 
or if you just go to my website at dfwgraffer.com, there's all sorts of links on there to everything that I'm involved with on social media. Cool. It's guys follow Drew on uh, YouTube. His, his um, videos are fantastic. Well, that is, that wraps up our introduction segment and we're going to go right into Baker's dozen. Well, Baker's dozen is a, uh, a new segment. We, we like to let everyone know what's happening in the hobby. There's all sorts of things going on. Um, the, the, we're, we just keep on getting great news. As I say every week, I'm amazed on how much stuff just happens on a weekly basis in our hobby. Uh, one of the things that I really, really love, uh, going back to when I was a kid, is on the Topps baseball cards. And this is going to be so sad when they don't have it and have, Topps doesn't have it anymore. The, the Topps rookie card uh, cup, the gold cup that they put on the, the card every year for their, their all-star rookie team. And Topps announced their, their uh, rookie team this year. And we'll just run, that, run down quickly, let everyone know that who's going to be uh, have the Topps rookie uh, cup logo on their cards next year. So Tyler Stevenson, who was a catcher from the Cincinnati Reds, Ryan Mountcastle, first baseman from the Baltimore Orioles, and he he's a hell of a player. Jonathan India, and you know what? I don't follow the National League that well, but I understand he is up for rookie of the year, second baseman, um, a, a, a very good player. Um, he's second base. Third base is Pat, Patrick Wisdom from the Chicago Cubs. They had a uh, you know, they got rid of a lot of their, their veterans, and Patrick Wisdom had a pretty good year for them. Uh, the Wonder Kid, Wander Franco, shortstop for the Tampa Bay Rays. Boy, is he going to be good. I have I have him on my uh, fantasy team. So I, I'm a big, big fan of Wander Franco. In the outfield, uh, three good guys. Uh, Randy Arena, who um, really came to prominence, uh, not, not, not this past year, but the year before in the playoffs for the Tampa Bay Rays, and had a great year this year, and he might he might win Rookie of the Year in the AL. Uh, Adolis Garcia, who came out of nowhere for the Texas Rangers, right, Drew? No one no one knew that anything about this kid when he came up. He, I live a mile and a half from the stadium, and I didn't even know that he was coming up at all. Yeah, I think he came over from the Cardinals, right? Uh, he might have. I think so. Now that I think about it, yeah. Yeah, but he boy, but he can hit. He's a he's a bruiser. And then speaking of Cardinals, Dylan Carlson. Uh, from the Cardinals, who um, he was kind of like a highly touted guy, and he, he had a pretty good year. Uh, for right-handed starting pitchers is uh, Luis Garcia, who drove me crazy in the playoffs with his weird windup. Is what, what does he call it? The salsa and the the shake and whatever he's doing out on the mound, dri- driving me crazy. And he he uh, had one bad game against the Red Sox, but he had he had one I think two good games. He's a he had a he had a very good year. And uh, Trevor Rogers, who's a left-handed pitcher from the Miami Marlins. And then closing out is um, former Texas Ranger, right? He was a Texas Ranger, I believe. He was. And he is now on the Cleveland Gulf Guardians. Uh, Emmanuel Classe, he was a uh, – boy, he throws hard, and he's tough to hit. He's a relief pitcher. Uh, he had Tommy John surgery, I believe, and missed all of 2020, but came back. Um, with a vengeance in 2021, and um, he may he he really anchored the Indians slash Gardens Guardians bullpen. So there there's your uh, 2021 Tops Rookie Cup team. And uh, Drew, I don't know about you, but I really lo- I love the Rookie Cup. I ever since I was a little kid, those are always fun. Yeah, I love seeing those when I was a kid too. And 
I'm looking through here, and what's great is, I mean, you mentioned the Cardinals are Dylan Carlson and uh, Adelise Garcia coming up through there. Uh, Patrick Wisdom from the Cubs actually came up in the Cardinals organization originally, too, and really took me by surprise. I was looking, I saw him on the list, and I'm like, Wisdom, really? And I go and look up his stats, and I'm like, oh, yeah, he he deserves that spot then. So Yeah, he. I mean, he's a pretty good hitter. I, I yeah. think he's one of those um, trick-or-treat guys, right, in terms of he – he hits a lot of homers, and but it's, I don't think it's. And I'm doing this off the top of my head, so if I'm wrong, I'm sorry. But I don't think he he doesn't make a lot of contact, right? He's one of those guys that. Hits I think a lot so. Of it seemed like we'll hit seemed, Yeah, he was with the Rangers a couple of years ago, and seemed like he was having some uh, definite trouble with that there. But 28 yeah. home runs this year for the Cubs doesn't. Uh, you can't go wrong with that. Yeah, he's a little Joey Gallo-esque. Yeah, a little bit. So that wraps up the our, our, our tops rookie cup team, which is is fabulous. I as I said, I love it every year. Um, I mentioned this at the at uh, the intro. Um, this is a brand new company. It's called Signed S I G N D dot com, and what they have done, um, they're creating the ultimate fan experience for um, sports fans, for music fans, and for um, you know entertainment fans. And what they're offering is that um, they're offering a um, custom video experience along with a customized uh, piece of memorabilia that, uh, so if you sign up for one of their, sign up for any of their icons and their, some of their athletes that they have in their stable include Chris Mullen, Elvin Hayes, Charles Oakley, Cheryl Twoops, Tim Hardaway, Ron Duguay, um, and, you know, Rick Cerrone, Jim Leyritz, they, they the, the list goes on and on. And their prices range anywhere from like $360 for, Chris Mullen, who I saw like Fred Roberts, who played for the, the Celtics, I think he was like 40 or $50, um, which isn't, you know, you get a, uh, you're getting a personalized video from these players and you're also getting a uh, piece of memorabilia signed. You could be a, uh, a baseball, could be a, a picture, um, you know, they, you, you, it's a great idea uh, for a gift, you know, for a holiday gift. Uh, and they say within seven to 10 business days, you're going to receive your video. Uh, you'll get your video as well as your um, your signed piece of memorabilia. And what they do is they send you a QR code that you can scan, and that will access your video. And you can share that QR code with whoever you want, your friends, and put it up on social media. But it also shows the athlete signing that item, so it's, it's a good provenance, and, and you know that the athlete is actually signing your item because that's what you're getting. You're getting a video message along with the athletes signing uh, their, the item. Uh, again, this is a brand new company and uh, we, we're gonna have Howard Mar- Margulies on, who's the founder and CEO next week. But guys, check it out. It's signed, S-I-G-N-D.com. It's, uh, it's a really cool idea. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about that um, next week in length, but I just wanted to bring that to people's attention. Uh, the, the company is actually, I think like two or three days, days old. So. It's a brand. It's a brand new thing, and uh, check it out. And Drew, uh, this this one always catches my eye. This uh, these NFTs. Uh, me and you, I guess, are old parts on this because we are <laughs> we are not not into NFTs. But I think we're we might be missing something because every time I see something about NFTs, they sell out in like minutes. So, mm-hmm. Tops issued uh, an NFT packs for um, the clinching game six of the World Series. And you would think, okay, how long? Is it? You know, they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna have thousands of these. They'll, they'll, it'll take them weeks if they ever sell them out. If they ever do, well, they sold them out in 13 minutes. Jeez. <laughs> 13 minutes. Wow. 
which is unbelievable that, you know, this is, I, I still don't get it, but uh, I'm starting to look at it and I might, I might just have to just go buy one just to see what it's all about and see where, what the allure is. I, I don't, I don't know. I'm trying not to be an old fart on this, but based on the secondary market resale, because these things are really popular and, and people are buying, you know, they're buying them up as investments and then selling them. And I think, you know, a lot of young people are doing it. And then I think, uh, some older people are doing it as well. So the most popular moments from the World Series based on the reseller for NFTs are um, these four things. And the NFT is kind of like a little video clip, right? It's just a, a special custom video clip that no one else can have and you own it, right? You're the only, these are user 101, 101s, right? Drew, I think. Yeah, I think so. Or maybe or maybe they have, maybe they have limited numbers. I'm sure there's limited numbers to it but anyway so jorge solar's uh 446 foot home run in game six is is the first most valuable one drew did you see the the, the story about the what happened to the ball no i haven't at all what was it okay so this ball went out of the stadium they had the roof down in houston so the stadium is kind of in like a downtown area. I don't know if you've been, you've been there. Have you been to Minute Maid Park? I actually have not. Okay. So it's a beautiful stadium, but it's right. It's kind of in a downtown uh, area. You know, it's not, it's not sitting out in a parking lot someplace like San Francisco or, you know, it's in a, in a, in a, in a nice, in a, in a nice accessible area. But anyway, so the ball got hit out of the park and it, Lily rolled across the street and these two guys were just sitting out on their patio, um, you know, on second or third floor or whatever, watching the game and watching the people and whatever. And uh, the ball just was sitting there and these two guys just went and picked it up. And now that they think that the ball's worth between 700,000 and a million dollars. Wow. So the, the collectible market is crazy, but I just saw that and I was like, that is unbelievable. So that that that's the number one NFT uh, um, from from Tops. This Max Reed six strikeout performance is number two. Carlos Correa, boo! Hopefully, hopefully he doesn't become a Red Sox. Uh, three hit effort in Game Five, and then Freddie Freeman uh, tying Fred McGriff for most home runs in a, a single Braves postseason. That's number four. So those are all kind of cool things. Uh, Again, I'm going to, I might look into this NFT stuff. I think we're missing something, Drew. What do you think? I think so. And for me, it's going to really depend on the price of them and everything for if I get into it or not, because I tend to be, you know, more of a low end collector. So I'm not the type that's going to throw down a hundred dollars on a single item at any point, but you know, it's something that I think I should be looking into a little bit more. Yeah. And you know what? I know tops issues them. And I, and I know uh, I just saw upper deck. You and I were talking about it before they're looking at doing it doing it for hockey and i think panini has uh nfts right or they're getting into nfts i thought i yeah they've got some uh what they call the blockchain sets and things like yeah. that so yeah they definitely have done some uh, things with it so i was thinking maybe you know when tops maybe when they released the 2022 uh, series one just buy a pack you know i mean i i think they're only about 15 dollars um if i if i remember i i might just buy one just to just don't tell my wife, don't tell her, guys, don't tell my wife I'm going to buy an NFT because she might divorce me. But I think I might just buy a pack just to see what it's all about. I'm intrigued. This every It seems like every week there's some more NFT stuff. And 
Um, I don't, I like holding the cards like you do, but it is, it is what it is. So we'll, guys, you know what? Send us a, why don't you send us an email and let you, let us know your thoughts on NFTs. If you've got it, got involved in the market and if it's something that, that you, uh, as a collector enjoy, why don't you send it? Um, you can send it out. What's the email address, Drew? That would be ttmcast at yahoo.com. Guys, send us an email and let us know. Well, you know, we, we, we may, maybe if we used your, uh, email uh, online in a future episode we'll send you we'll send you a gift a ttm cast hat or a brand new ttm cast t-shirt when they they come in so let us know if you're into nfts because uh we're, we're intrigued a couple of guys here we're intrigued um one, one other thing um one of the things uh before we close out baker's dozen and get start talking about our make our picks our friends at memory lane have a um auction coming up that just started actually it started uh on the 13th at noontime Eastern, and it's ending uh, December 4th. They have 2,250 items, and uh, it's called, they're calling it Sets and Set Break Auction. And I saw a bunch of stuff they have it. They have some really nice unopened stuff, like really, you know, old 50s and 60s unopened stuff. They have all sorts of kind of cool stuff. Um, check it out. Memory Lane has been a, uh, a great friend of the show. And, um, you know, go to Memory Lane. Uh, inc.com and, and check it out um they're they always have great auctions and this one is kind of um you know, it has it has a ton of stuff so if you're looking for something pay it perhaps for a christmas gift you're trying to fill fill a, a void in, in an unopened set run up unopened pack run or just you're looking for a, a quality card nft uh i mean memory lane always has great stuff so check out memory lane's auction the auction runs through December 4th. And then uh, our, our last thing that Drew and I are very excited about is the Topps Heritage High Numbers set. Uh, box is coming out, set is coming out. Uh, it's due out Wednesday, uh, November 24th. I haven't seen any announcements that it is gonna be delayed. Uh, it is, um, you know, the high numbers for the 1972 design. I am, as soon as it, it's available, I will definitely buy it. A hobby box. I buy a hobby box of top heritage, high number and low number every year, and um, uh, I just I, I love the the high number uh, release. Are you excited, Drew? I am. I've already made space in my uh, binder there for the uh, heritage set for this one. So, yeah, I mean, I've got the original base set. I've got the uh, minor league set. So I just got to have the high numbers there to finish it all off, and hopefully get a bunch of those ones signed here in the next uh, next few years. Yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, it's a great, the 72 design is awesome. And I think Head Tops has done a great job replicating it. I love the in-action cards. Um, I, I do, I love the design. Uh, I think they, they've done a, a great job. So the Tops Heritage High Number Set uh, is coming out on Wednesday, November 24th. Um, pick it up, get a chance. It's really a, a great set. Now on to, oh no, our pick. Our NFL <laughs> pick. We have dun, made dun, it dun. through nine weeks of NFL picks. We are going week 10. We are still going because we haven't be, had a perfect week yet. So we are not going to put you guys out of, out of your misery until we have a perfect week. So if you want to make money, bet against us. But we're going to – yeah, we pick five games with the spread. Uh, the first one, Drew, our teams are going at it this week. It, oh, boy, this we is have, awkward. We have the Cleveland Browns at – the New England Patriots. Just as a side note, our friend Clarence Scott, who played for the Cleveland Browns, called me yesterday to 
bust my cannolis and let me know that the Browns are going to kick the Patriots' ass this week. Jeez. So <laughs> once a Brown, always a Brown, right? Oh, yeah, always. So, well, I'll let you take this one. Cleveland is at New England. Uh, New England is giving a point and a half. So two weeks ago, I picked the Browns over the Steelers. That came back to bite me. I thought I'd learned from that last week, so I picked Cincinnati, and the Browns end up winning. So, to try to get the Browns to win, I'm picking New England. <laughs> All right. I, you know what? The Patriots' defense has been outstanding. Your boy, Baker Mayfield, played great last week. But no more OB, o, o, Odell uh, Beckham, right? He's gone. Right, right. They gave up on him. Um, what's his name? The uh, the running back. What's the, the guy that, that's hurt? Oh, Chubb is out. Yep. No, well, Chubb, Chubb and, and I think. Guy. Well, yeah, Chubb and uh, Hunt are both out again. So, yeah, right, Hunt, Chubb, I think, is on the thinking. COVID list now. So, yeah. So, they're both out. I'm going to pick. I'm going to take the Patriots as well. And hopefully, yeah. we don't reverse rank them. All right. Next game is the New Orleans Saints at the Titans, uh, the Tennessee Titans. And the Titans are giving three points. Um, I Every time I take them, they lose. But I'm going to take the Titans. Drew, who do you this like? Is, this is a tough one for me because, I mean, I was sitting there. It's like it's kind of a toss-up because, you know, again, home field advantage is the three points there. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and take New Orleans. We'll go ahead and, you know, split on this one. Okay, cool. All right, our next game is Minnesota Vikings at the Chargers. If you notice, I like to put the Vikings in because they're one of those teams that you never know who's if they're going to be gangbusters or they're just going to not show up. Um, I'll let you pick the. I'll let you pick this one first. I'm going to say Dr. Jekyll shows up for the uh, Minnesota Vikings this week, so I'm going to pick the Chargers on this one. Okay. Yeah, it's at LA, and the Chargers are giving three points. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the charges as well. Our next game is Kansas City Chiefs at the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders are getting two and a half points. Um, the Chiefs maybe have it wrote right right righted the ship corrected the ship. May <laughs> I think righted? Yeah, I think it's right. Right, right, and yeah. righted the ship. I think I think they have they are. Uh, have finally figured it out. I'm going to Kansas City. I'm going to have to agree with you on that one as well. I mean, it's uh, we're sticking together on this, it seems, a lot there. But, uh, yeah, I'm totally with you. The Kansas City seems to have maybe figured stuff out. And the Raiders are another team that you just you never know what you're going to get out of them. So, you know, the Raiders are going to win by 24, right? Exactly. Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. And lastly, we have Monday night. We have the L.A. Rams who just keep adding all-stars to their, their roster. Uh, at the San Francisco 49ers, the 49ers are getting four points. Um, I think Jimmy G is back playing with them. Um, the the Rams, they 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 are are wanna, they're spending a lot of money, right? They want to. They think they got a Super Bowl chance. Um, I, I'm gonna. I'll take the Rams. Uh, how about you, Drew? I was leading Rams, but I'm gonna go 49ers just to be different on this here, but. Yeah, there's, I don't know, I just, I think the Rams win it, but the 49ers keep it close. Okay, and you get the four points, so. Yeah. All right, That so we are, uh, we're the same for the Patriots, the Chargers, and the Chiefs. Uh, Drew has the Saints, I have the Titans. Drew has the 49ers, I have the Rams. Maybe we will go perfect. 
But if you want to make money, go for Cleveland, uh, the Minnesota Vikings, and the Raiders. That seems to be that seems to be where you can make your money this week, guys. Well, hopefully you enjoy our our picks or our, our predictions. Um, we we made fifteen weeks of prediction, and that kind of wraps up Baker's dozen for the week. Next up is making the grade. Making the grade is brought to you by Diamond Service Grading. Fast, accurate, transparent. Diamond Service Grading takes the mystery out of grading. They proudly have the best encapsulation in the industry with an amazing inner sleeve that not only protects your collectible investment, but looks great as well. Easy to submit, quick turnaround. DSG Grading is ready to grade your cards today. Visit dsggrading.com to learn more. Making the grade is a summary of what's been going on in the grading community and the grading uh, companies have been kind of quiet this week. I think they're all just working hard to catch up um, on their backlog and uh, you know they, they've been busy, but we just want to remind everyone that our friends at Diamond Service Grading, it's dsggrading.com, is an outstanding company. They are in the San Francisco area. They are offering a, a special uh, exclusive $5 to TTM cast listeners, the coupon code is 4HMUGTZG. Once again, it's 4HMUGTZG. That's $5 off all um, of the M uh, DSG grading uh, services, including their standard grading, which is $30, but you, you only pay $25. They're turning around orders in 30 days. They have uh, cool era labels that you can choose from. Um, they have a neat thing where you scan the QR code on the label of the, the, the holder, and that gives you the details of your uh, grading, and you find out why your card got graded, what it was graded. Uh, they're a, a great company. They're doing sports cards as well as uh, Pokemon and um, Yu-Gi-Oh! and Dragon Ball cards. So if you're into those, uh, what are those, well, what are they called, magic cards? What, what, what are they called? All those yeah, Magic the Gathering, all the gaming cards and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, the gaming cards. If you're into gaming cards, they do a great job gaming, uh, doing grading uh, gaming cards as well. So uh, check out Diamond Service Grading, dsggrading.com. Make sure you use the coupon code. The coupon code is available on our website. Soon I have to write it down, but I'll say it one more time. It's good for $5 off every card you get graded. There's no limit. And the coupon code is 4 hmug T-Z-G. And that wraps up making the grade. Next up is our, our contest. We have a, a great contest prize this, this week and next week. Um, we're gonna, it's going to be a two-week contest, guys. So um, please send your entries to uh, our text line at 978-729-0662 or email, email us at ttmcast.yahoo.com. And what we're going to give away is one free uh, video slash fan experience on sign.com. It's S-I-G-N-D.com. You can pick any of their athletes. That's right. Any of the athletes you choose. You can choose Chris Mullen. You can choose uh, Otis Anderson. You can choose Jim Leyrich. You can choose um, Rick Cerrone, uh, Cheryl Swoops, Elvin Hayes. They, any, anyone you want. Doesn't, doesn't matter. Whoever wins gets to, gets one uh fan experience, video fan experience. That means you'll get a personalized video from the athlete as well as a signed uh, piece of memorabilia. And uh, the video will also include the athlete signing 
the memorabilia. So you'll have a proof of that. You'll get a QR code that you can share with your friends uh, and on social media to show them the video. You can give it away as a gift um, and, and send it to whoever you want. So uh, we're giving away one free um, video fan experience to anyone that is in uh, signs uh, on the signs website. It's sign, S-I-G-N-D.com. So check it out and please send us an email. Drew, where are you sending the email to? That would be ttmcast at yahoo.com. See, I don't, I'm not even hitting the button. We're just, this is all, <laughs> this is a live read. So uh, send it. So you just send us your name and your email address and um, you'll be entered to win. Uh, keep in mind, if you've entered in previous contests, you are not entered for this contest. You have to enter each individual contest. You can text us to us at 978-729-0662 or email us at ttmcast at yahoo.com. In the um, subject, just put signed contest, S-I-G-N-D contest, and we will enter you. We are going to um, have the president and CEO of sign on next week, and then we will give the prize away on the following week, which would be on our November 28th show. So. Um, Enter, uh, you know, one entry, one entry per person, please. And um, you know, we we always get a ton of people entering our contest, but this is a, a really great prize, don't you think, Drew? Oh, definitely. That's, I mean, that's a heck of a value, right? That I mean, getting that for free. So yeah, it's definitely worth signing up for a chance on that. Yeah, I mean, this could be this could be up to I think their their highest price is like three hundred fifty dollars, or maybe even yeah. a little more for some some other people. And it doesn't matter. You can, you can pick whoever you want, and uh, you can give the gift away to somebody you can send it you can send um you can when you sign up for it you can say i want to send the, the, the video to, to this person and i want the 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 um piece of memorabilia signed to this person and um they will they will they they will take care of everything it's a it's a great great deal so check it out check out uh sign s-i-g-n-d.com and uh we thank you we thank them for for donating the prize uh, so please enter Next up is our TTM cast stamp of approval. I bet you're wondering who earned this week's TTM cast stamp of approval. I'm gonna let you take the stamp of approval first because you have you had have a kind of, kind of a fun day yesterday, and I know you want to uh, let people know about it. I did, yeah. So uh, my friend Chris, who we're gonna be hearing from in a couple of weeks on the interview, uh, contacted me this week and was like, "Hey, there's this event coming up over at uh, Choctaw Stadium, the old uh, former Rangers ballpark in Arlington, but." Uh, so it's this, uh, it's girls baseball. So uh, USA baseball has been doing a really great job of promoting women's baseball now. And uh, I've, you know, I've mentioning a lot of uh, stuff about women's sports here lately, definitely a big proponent of it. I talked about the AFLW last week. So uh, Chris and I went down to check this out and yeah, it was just really fun to watch. They had uh, Luke Collier, who was a former Pirates infielder, I believe, either infielder or outfielder. Also a former pitcher, LaTroy Hawkins, and a former Expo and several other teams, uh, first baseman outfielder Cliff Floyd, were among the coaches there. And so we got to, you know, hang out and chat with them a little bit. Um, several Team USA uh, from the women's national team players were there, including uh, Maggie Meidlinger, uh, Veronica Alvarez, who I believe is now the manager of that team, and Bianca Smith, who is a coach in the Red Sox organization. She was out there as well. So several of those players out there and uh, Gloria McCloskey Rogers, who was one of the original players in the uh, all American girls professional baseball league back in the forties and fifties. She was out there talking to the players and everything. So it's a really great event. And I got to talk to Cliff Floyd for a little bit. He says, man, 
stick around and watch. These girls can play. He said, check out this first pitcher that's going to be out there. And yeah, she was great. I mean, mixing, changing speeds, a lot of great movement on our pitches and everything. Really awesome to see it out there. And so I'm, I'm interested in seeing how, uh, what, what's able to come of women's baseball here in the next few years. So really great to be a part of that event and get to check that out and talk to some of the, uh, some of the players that were there. You know, what's fun, Drew, um, is when you go to these events, you don't have to go to the major league stadium and get autographs at the major league park. You know what I mean? There's all these, the, all these events are, there's always former major leaguers are there in your, your area. Um, you know, I know all the, the, um, you know, popular, the, 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 the big cities, they have something going on usually, um, you know, not every, not every week, but you check, check, check your local newspapers or, or online for these events because they're fabulous, you know, follow on, on social media. It's really a great, great time. Um, how was Latroy Hawkins? Was he, was he um, still thin as a rail? He is. Yeah. He's got this uh, gray beard now too, along with it. So that was, that was the easy way to spot him. He's still got the socks up super high as well. So yeah. He's one of those guys that kind of pitched forever, right? He was like, he pitched yeah, like, for a while. Yeah. He made his debut in 95, I think. And he was still in card sets up into like 2015, 2016. So 20 some years there in the majors. Yeah. And he, he was one of those guys. I don't, did he set the record for playing on the most teams? He might have. I know there's several relievers that have been up there, like him and Jesse Orozco, and uh, one other guy who pitched for like 11 teams. Mike Morgan, I think, was the other Mike one. Morgan, I think yeah. Morgan may still hold the record, but Hawkins has to be pretty darn close if he if he hasn't passed it. Yeah, I just remember I, he was one of those guys we talked about it before that when you bought a when you bought five packs, you always got Latroy Hawkins for some reason. Yep, he, yep. he was one of one of my guys. I always I always got Latroy Hawkins. So I was like, oh no, not another Latroy Hawkins. <laughs> But he was a he was a pretty good pitcher. So that's kind of cool. And Cliff Boyd was a former Red Sox, so that's right, yeah. he had a couple of years with the Sox. So that that's kind of neat. That, thanks for that one. My um, TTM cast stamp for approval is um, entertainment related. Um, you know, with COVID and you know not going to the movies, we had signed up for this uh, probably right at the beginning of, of uh, COVID, maybe by maybe March of last year. And uh, it's I'm talking about HBO Max. And it's a really great deal for nine dollars a month. We get new movies. You get access to all their shows and, and um, series. Uh, I'm I'm watching The Sopranos again. Go, what uh, binge watching The Sopranos again? Um, Entourage. All all the the HBO stuff is there. But they also have new movies that are that are in, just coming into the theater. We saw Space Jam two. We saw the new Wonder Woman. Um, we saw. Um, the Many Saints of Newark, which is the new Sopranos movie, the new um, King Richard movie that's coming out. That's the uh, Venus Williams and Serena Williams with, with uh, Will Smith. That's going to be on HBO Max. Uh, Invisible Man we watched. Matrix 4 is coming out. So um, it, it's really a, a ton of movies. New movies are on this and it's fairly, fairly affordable. And I believe you can share the account with other people. So you know, you can, I think you have up to five people on one account. Cause I know my daughter has, an, she use, watches it at school. And I think my wife's friend uh, shares it with us and it's only $9 a month. And it's, you know, we do, we went to the movies to see um, Eternals and that cost us like $20 a ticket. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just, it, it's crazy. So the uh, HBO Max, um, check it out guys. It, it's, uh, they, 
they have all sorts of stuff. And HBO has a lot of um, do documentaries that are good and a lot of um, custom programming that, that that's really cool. And I, I really love the, um, you know, Game of Thrones is on HBO Max and you know, The Sopranos on HBO Max. And you can, you can rewatch some of those great, great uh, shows. So I'm giving my TKMCAS stamp approval to HBO Max. Well, that wraps up TKMCAS stamp approval for the week. Next up is our Vern Rap Minute. <laughs> So Drew, once again, we just we, we keep going. I don't, you know, we, the the show we 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 think we're not going to have enough content, and all of a sudden I look down at the the clock and we're <laughs> we're filling it up. Plus, yeah. our Vern Rap Minute is dedicated to Mr. Vern Rap, and it, it, we do this as a service to our fellow TTMers uh, to let people know um, the the people that have passed away in the world of celebrity in the world of sports. And I had sent out a TTM request to Vern Rap. You guys have all probably heard the story. Most of you guys have heard the story uh, prior to him passing away. Uh, after he had passed away, I always mix mix that up. I don't know why, <laughs> but I do. We do that so people don't send out TTM requests. And in the world of celebrity, in the world of sports, so we lost a bunch of people this week. Um, we lost Graham Edge. Graham was the uh, co-founding member of Moody Blues, and he was the uh, the drummer for the group and. Did, has, did he um, influence you at all, Drew? I know you're a drummer. And... A little bit to some degree. My dad was actually a big Moody Blues fan, so I grew up on some of that stuff there. But yeah, I mean, he was a guy that he wasn't like a flashy drummer at all, but he was certainly effective as a drummer. And that's, that is how I try to play pretty much. So yeah, it's, it may not have been a conscious, uh, conscious effect on me, but it's definitely kind of there in the back of my mind there of his playing. Yeah, I mean, and, and Moody Blues have been uh, popular since the 70s, right? I think even late 60s, even. Mid late 60s, 60s, yeah. So Graham Edge was, was 80 years old, and we're, we're sorry for the loss. This one, uh, I was a big fan of this gentleman. His name was Dean Stockwell. He was um, uh, he was a child actor, actually, and he, he was he's in a lot of things. But the thing that really uh, hit home for me was he was in Quantum Leap. He played Al on Quantum Leap. I love Quantum Leap. It's a, a great show. I'm kind of, I'm into science fiction, and I, I thought... Um, the, you know, he was, it was a good relationship show and it was a great, great show. And Dean Stockwell was, was funny in that. Uh, Dean Stockwell was 86 years old. We lost this. This one uh, is a, a little personal to me in, in another way. Um, we lost Astro. He was the founding member of UB40. Uh, he was 64 years old. And the song Red, one, Red, Red Wine is probably my least favorite song of all time. When, my, when the um, song comes on, I hear the first note of it and I turn it off. My family tortures me with it. Anytime I'm not near a, a button to shut it off. We, they have, they have it programmed in our uh, Alexa. And I bet I should shut my Alexa off. Shut Alexa. So when they say Alexa, Alexa. <laughs> There's Alexa in the background. I'm not even going to yep. say it, but they have it so that it says when daddy's home, that song plays. So they they tortured me with it. I 
do not like red, red wine. I am sorry for your loss. And we, we're sad that we lost to Astro, but um, he, he is a thorn. He was a thorn in my side and he will be because that song just drives me absolutely insane. <laughs> and, uh, in the world of sports, we lost Pedro Feliciano. Pedro was a pitcher for the New York Mets. He pitched for the, for the Mets from 2002 to 2013. And what is Pedro famous for, Drew? Somehow, he is the second all-time in appearances as a Mets pitcher, which if you had given me an hour to figure out who was number two behind John Franco, Pedro Feliciano before this week would not have ever been my guess. I mean, I would have been rattling off everybody's name possible. And I mean, I was thinking, I'm like, I know I've heard this name quite a bit before, but okay, what did he do in this second all time in appearances? I'm like more than, you know, more than Tom Seaver, Jesse Orozco, all these other guys, but yeah, apparently yeah. so, but 344. Yeah. He made 344 appearances with the New York Mets. He only played with the New York Mets. He was 45 years old. He was from Puerto Rico. Uh, he passed away in his sleep. And I saw um, that he, later in his career, near the end of his career, it was discovered that he had a um, rare heart uh, disease. Oh, that, that so, might've contributed to that then. Yep, wow. so that I'm sure contributed to it. He, was, um, he, wasn't, mu he wasn't much of a, a TTMer as far as I could, could tell, because I'm sure he didn't, he wasn't in the best of health. Uh, you know, the end, near the end of his career after his playing days. So, um, again, second all-time in appearances with the New York Mets, Pedro Feliciano, he was 45 years old. A um, couple other people in the world of uh, baseball, one other person in the world of baseball. We'll, we'll save this one for last because that, that one's kind of interesting. So we'll save, we'll save uh, that one for last. But uh, in the world of football, we lost Team Darby. Uh, Derby, Dean Derby. He was. He played for the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Minnesota Vikings. He was a defensive back from 1957 to 1962. Dean was 86 years old, and Dean was a, uh, a pretty good TTMer, as far as far as I can tell. So, Dean Derby, Dean Derby, Pittsburgh former Pittsburgh Steeler and Minnesota Viking. He was 86 years old. We lost Mike Lucci. Mike Lucci was a middle linebacker for the Cleveland Browns in Detroit. Lions from 1952 to 1973, and he was a very good TTMer. Uh, he was 81 years old. We lost Mike Pitts. Mike was a defensive end for the Atlanta Falcons, the Philadelphia Eagles, in his final two years with the New England Patriots from 1983 to 1994. Uh, and I remember he was a pretty good player when he was near the tail end of his career, obviously, with the Patriots, but he was a, he was a, a pretty good defensive end. Um, he had a couple. He had a couple of pretty good years with the Patriots. Mike was 61 years old. We lost Harvey White. You might not recognize the name Harvey White unless you're a vintage um, card collector. Harvey was um, the first person to sign a contract with the New England Patriots back on de um, December 20th, 1959. So he was the very first person to sign a contract with the New England Patriots. He was featured in the 1960 flair set as a patriot he was a quarterback he started uh with clemson in college he only played three three games for the patriots and he never threw a touchdown pass but um i know locally he every once in a while he would sign and um you know it's a piece of patriots history and a piece of afl history well uh losing mr white mr white was 83 years old and then in the world of hockey we lost um 
a former California Golden Seal, Oakland Golden Seal. Um, he was a the seventh pick in the 1969 draft. He was a right winger. His name was Tony Featherstone. He was featured in the 1971 Topps card number 106. He played uh, for the Golden Seals. He played for the Minnesota North Stars, and he also played for the Toronto Toros of the WHA. He was a right winger, um, and Mr. Featherstone was 72 years old. And then lastly, we lost Dave Roberts. And Dave Roberts was uh, not, uh, not the Dave Roberts who was the manager for the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers. This is Dave L. Roberts. He was an outfielder first baseman for the Houston Colts 45s and the Pittsburgh um, Pirates uh, from in 1962, 70, 64, and 66. He was featured in the 1963 rookie card with Tommy Hopper. He was a very good TTMer. And he had a successful career in Japan. And uh, what's a little trivia, trivia about Mr. Roberts? He was the first of four Dave Robertses to have played Major League Ball that, I could, that I've been able to find. But, uh, yeah, he played, you know, back, like you said, in the early 60s. Had the pitcher who made his debut in the late 60s all the way into, like, the early 80s or so who preceded him in death. Uh, there's also the third baseman and catcher that was with the Padres, Rangers, and a couple other teams out there, who's also a very solid TTM or two. But, um and of course, like you said, there was the most recent one, the one well-known in Red Sox lore for his uh, base running in the 04 ALCS, and of course now as the Dodgers manager. But uh, yeah, Dave Dave L. Roberts there was the first out of those four. Yeah, well, Drew, you, you weren't you're not lucky enough like me to have somebody with with, with your name play in the major leagues. So it was a Jeff Baker that played for the Cubs and the Colorado Rockies, and I've gotten a couple of his cards. I don't think we've had a Drew Pelto in the or an Andrew Pelto in the majors, have we? We have not had a Pelto anywhere. I mean, I've been looking <laughs> through. I can find. I can find a few in the hockey world that have uh, from some lower leagues and everything that have uh, variants on my last name. And actually, I do have a second cousin who played like Division Three pro hockey in Finland. So there's a Pelto Pera out there, but I have not seen any Peltos in any of the big four leagues at all yet. Well, the, there's a lot of bakers, and it's funny when I was growing up. I used to ask my dad if we were related to Dusty Baker. <laughs> <laughs> and we named, I named my dog Dusty because I was always a big Dusty Baker fan, obviously. And as I stated, uh, there was a, a Jeff Baker. He started Clemson and he played for the Rockies and the Cubs and the Miami Marlins. And um, he was, uh, I, I'll, I'll have to tell you one day, I'll have to tell you my, my negative Jeff Baker story. Okay. Anytime I, I mention Jeff Baker, my wife's, uh, temperature goes up about 100 degrees and she starts screaming and ranting about it but we won't talk about that today <laughs> <laughs> so that wraps up our burn wrap minute our condolences and sympathy go out to our all the friends and family that uh, for your loss um, next up is our um, interview segment I believe right true we're oh, oh we got our returns. TTMs first I, I wanted to forget I wanted to forget about our returns because it was so miserable this week so next up will be our ttm cast returns this week's ttm returns are brought to you by sports card forum find players addresses see who's signing and more all for free sportscardforum.com the ultimate in sports card trading and discussion so as i stated this was uh, probably our slowest week combined for the two of us i had one return you had one return I'll do mine, you can do yours, and then we'll get right into, into interviews. Um, I have a bunch of stuff out there, but it was a slow week. I got a return 
from Steve Onaveris, who played for the Chicago Cubs. And I think he might actually played for the Giants as well, but I got him on a 1978 card from my 1978 set. I had sent out um, a $5 donation along with it, got it back in about a month. Um, he signed it in a nice uh, blue Sharpie, um, you know, returned it in my top loader and, um, it was nice to add an, uh, another card to my 1978 set. So uh, that is my only return. I hadn't, I haven't sent anything out in probably two weeks now. I'm going to take, make an effort to try to send out some stuff this weekend um, because I missed when I don't get the mail. It definitely, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a void there when, uh, when nothing comes in. And I just have to say, you know, we were just talking a second ago about how there have been no Peltos in any of the big four leagues. How have there been no Peltos, but there have been two different Steve Ontiveros who have played Major League Baseball? Yep. And not even related either, <laughs> as far as I know. No, I don't think they are. And how did you, you do in your returns? Yeah, my week was about the same as yours there. I got uh, Steve Bry back, and that getting that one back from him has been an absolute odyssey. So, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. So, I've been doing the, uh, of course, I've been doing the 1972 top set. And uh, back in 2015 or so, I got the, uh, the Twins trio rookie card that has Steve Bry, uh, Bob Gebhard, and uh, Hal Haydell all on it. And so I picked up one originally signed by Bry. I figured, cool, yeah, this should be no problem. All three of these guys are alive. So I mailed it off to Gebhard, got it signed by him, received it back, immediately turned around, sent it out to Hal Haydell, and never saw it again. I'm thinking, okay, well, that sucks. I mean, I looked through and it's like, yeah, he was kind of hit or miss on his TTMs. So I picked up a blank copy of it and figured, all right, we'll start again. We'll go opposite order this time. So I mailed it off first to Haydell. And two days after I mail it out, Haydell dies. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm 0 for 2 now at this point. So I uh, figure a couple of years later, I'm like, all right, I'm just going to get the, the two that I know of that are alive and get them at least, you know, that's as good as I'll be able to get. So I picked up one in a trade that was signed already by Gebhard. I mailed that one off to Bry and got it back. So I'm like, all right, two of three. So I think, all right, that's as far as I'm going to get. Well, a couple of weeks ago, my friend uh, Robert texts me and he's like, hey, yeah, I just want to check in, see if there's any 72 stuff I can help with. And he sends me his list. and. I see he's got the uh, Twins rookies on there. I think, okay, it's probably going to have like, you know, Bry and uh, Gebhardt at most on it. And he's, I asked him, I said, yeah, which ones are on that one? He said, it's actually signed by uh, Haydell and uh, Gebhardt. Or yeah, Haydell and Gebhardt. And I'm like, whoa, hold on. I can use this. So I bought that one from him with, with a group of others, mailed it off to Bry. And finally, the Twins rookies card, the first Twins rookies card, there's one in the late series too. But that first one is finally complete all three sigs on it. So it's like, good. I can, I can finally, I can finally put this one to bed now. It's so satisfying, isn't it? When you get it, when you do that. Oh yes. Yes. How you I've got a couple of those. I've, uh, did, you, did you send your card out to Danny Cater? You said nine card out to Danny Cater? I haven't. I just sent it to Campanaris the other day. So I'm getting Campanaris first and it'll do Cater right after that. Okay. But yeah, that's another uh, group project I'm sending out. I've got the uh, Coco LeBoy rookie card from 1969 just got sent out. And I have a soccer one of a Zoran Carrick that went out to him as well to finish off from the uh, 1991 Pacific set. Very cool. So that, that's nice. It's always nice when you finish it. Um, at least you, get, you got quality. And for me, I, I really needed that card for my 1978 set. So exactly. sometimes quality is just as good as quantity, right? Definitely. I will take that any day. If, I can get a, if my only one of the week is a set hit, I'm totally good with that. Well, that wraps up our TTM uh, returns for the week. Hopefully next week we can report back with a lot more returns to you guys. Um, and then next up, we're going right to our uh, interview for the week. This week's interview is brought to you by the Trove Sports Den. 
Come and hang out and chat with baseball pros from past and present online. Visit thetrovesportsden.com and join in the fun today. Well, as I said at the, the onset, I had the pleasure of interviewing Bill Atkinson. Bill was a relief pitcher for the Montreal Expos uh, from 1976 to 79. And then he, he played actually in the White Sox minor league organization after that. He, he injured himself and, and never made it back up to the major leagues. But Bill um, is featured in a, in a bunch of sets from, from 78 to 80, I think. And he was very gracious about signing the card. He lives in Canada, so I got to use my Canada stamps. Thank you, Drew, for, for the tutorial on that one. And um, it was a pretty quick turnaround. And, and Bill was very gracious about talking about his career, talking about um, people that influenced him. Bill was only is only five foot eight, so um, he talks about uh, you know dealing with being a, a short guy and in the big man's league. He talks about. Um, his influences include including Fergie Jenkins, who was was his neighbor, lived uh, diagonal from him when he when he was a kid. Um, so it's a it's a really great interview. So hopefully you enjoy my interview with Bill Atkinson. But first, here's a message from our friends at CSG. Have you heard? CSG certified sports cards are now eligible to be listed on Starstock. And for collectors with cards in the Starstock vault that need to be graded, Starstock will submit them directly to CSG, saving you time and reducing shipping costs. Starstock joins CSG's growing network of official submission centers, group submitters, and authorized dealers, which now includes Dave and Adams Card World, Dallas Card Investors, Cade's Bulk Grading, and many others. Visit csgcards.com to learn more. Joining us on the TTM Cast Hotline from his home in Chatham, Ontario, Canada, is former Major League pitcher Bill Atkinson. Bill pitched for the Montreal Expos from 1976 to 1979. He was also a member of the Chicago White Sox in their minor league organization. Welcome to the program, Bill. Well, thank you, Jeff. It's been a long time, but <laughs> I haven't played since, well, I guess my last year I, I did pitch was, oh, 97 or 98. <laughs> well, that that's not that long ago for, for for us guys. It doesn't seem like that long ago, you know. But um, well, I know you've been very you've been very active. Lo- you know, you were active uh, locally, playing in uh, senior league and coaching, and uh, you know, keeping keeping your, your arm healthy, so to speak. But um, what I like to do is kind of take you back to um, your road up to up to the major leagues through you know through the minor leagues. I know you had a couple of um, mentors, people that really helped you out and, sh- and showed you the way. And surprisingly, you had, you had somebody that, that showed you your signature pitch, the uh, the curveball. Can you tell us a little about uh, how that came about? Yeah, well, I was, uh, I'd say, eight years old, and my mother worked for Dominion Stores, and I was walking down the tracks to go get her. And there was a, a, a group of kids and a couple of coaches, uh, Howie, Dewey, Howie Easter and Lloyd Dewey, that were the coaches. And I was, of course, throwing stones and hitting whatever I was throwing at. And they were going to, like, what is he doing? You know, why isn't he over here? So they hollered at me, and they said, uh, son, how would you like to play baseball? So I said, well, i got to go ask my mom if it's okay. So they said, okay, we'll be here. So I ran into the Dominion store. I told mom I was going to be at the ballpark playing baseball with the kids. And she said, okay, I get off in an hour. So I said, okay. So I went over, climbed the fence, and started playing, and the rest is all history. <laughs> and 
as usual, on the way home, I told my mother I was going to be a major league ball player. That's eight years old. And, of course, you know, <laughs> my mother's going, yep, okay. <laughs> now, she's the one that taught you the curveball, though, right? Yes, she is. She she taught me how to throw the break and pitch. And uh, it was, I mean, for a young kid to learn properly and, and do things the right way. That's why my arm never had a problem. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's just one of those things that mother taught me how because she was a heck of a good athlete herself in her younger days. But, uh, you know, my dad was ambidextrous. Uh, I didn't really know my dad that well, but my mother raised five kids on her own, four girls and me. <laughs> I'm the thorn between the roses, as I put it. So, but, uh, no, she she taught me a lot. Did you ever try, I know you were a right-handed pitcher and you, you were a left-handed hitter. Did you ever try throwing lefty or you were just a natural righty? No, I was just a natural righty. My dad was ambidextrous when, apparently, when he played. He'd go out and play a law ball game uh, or a fast pitch, windmill, whatever you want to call it, uh, right-handed, and then he'd come back and throw hard ball left-handed. So, and just kept moving back and forth all the time. So nobody could really catch up. <laughs> <laughs> Growing up in Canada, uh, you know, it's not a hotbed for for uh, major league prospects, and uh, you had a, a future Hall of Famer. Um, take an interest in your career. Um, you know, Fergie Jenkins was was a, 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 a from Canada, and he showed interest in you as a, a youngster, right? Well, Fergie and I grew up kitty corner across the street from each other on Adelaide Street here in Chatham. Uh, I always told Fergie I was going to do what he does, and he goes, "Yeah, okay." You know, looking at me, I'm five foot nine, <laughs> and he's six five. <laughs> you know, yep. so the height height difference is is big. You know, but the the big thing is you've got to have the guts to go out and do what you say you're going to do. And apparently I had the guts to go out and do what I had to do. So it was just one of those things. I didn't back away from anybody. I didn't back away from any hitter. Uh, I came and got you. I mean, sometimes they got me, but most of the time I got them. So it's, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, when you talk in the off season with, with the Hall of Famer, Ferguson Jenkins, uh, you know, you learn a lot. And, of course, I played with uh, Tony Perez, who taught me a lot, Woody Fryman, who taught me a lot, Andre Dawson, who was, you know, another Hall of Famer, and then, of course, my catcher, Gary Carter, who is now deceased. But uh, uh, Gary and I, we we kind of started together in 1971, and uh, we come through the system. Of course, he went quicker than I did because he was a catcher, but um, me as a pitcher at my size, you know, I guess they had to find out if it was for real or or not, but I made it. <laughs> did you get to play in uh, Jerry's uh, Park? Or yes, did you I did. go right to How, nope, how was that? I mean, I remember as a kid uh, going there, and it was I always, you know, I'm, I'm from Boston, and I was a big uh you know, Red Sox and Fenway fan, but we went to, up to Montreal every once in a while, and I got to see a game at Jerry Park. Um, did you really enjoy that park? It it, it was small. Yeah. Very cold. <laughs> it was in a neighborhood, though. It had a nice neighborhood feel to it. Well, it well, it's always had a good neighborhood and everything, but it the clubhouse wasn't all that great, and different stuff underneath the stands wasn't all good, but. 
I mean, the fans were fantastic. They, they were right there on top of you, you know. And it was, it was baseball. I mean, plain and simple. Just everybody there. Everybody could see you, and you could do whatever you wanted. You go over, sign autographs, and you know, talk to people, and just enjoy it. Now, yeah, you uh, coming up. You, you had uh, your major league debut against the St. Louis Cardinals, and they, they had kind of a, a weak lineup, didn't they? Well, they had <laughs> Lou Brock, <laughs> and Ted Simmons, and a bunch of others. That they they were a tough out. I, I mean, I I did throw three innings that day, if if I recall myself, and I gave up two hits. I think it was. So, I mean, for for a young kid coming up uh, and a little guy uh, doing my thing, uh, I think I did all right for the first outing, and then I had a couple more, but. I think I had four outings when I came first came up in Jerry Park and different stuff. But no, it was it's a lot of fun to you know be doing something you enjoy doing, and of course getting paid for it. But I mean, not getting paid what they're getting paid today. But <laughs> <laughs> now moving moving to uh, Olympic Stadium the following year in '77. Um, was that a different feel for you? Did it feel more uh, major league, and I'm using that in quotes, and was it a different feel to pitch inside as opposed to being, uh, you know, pitching in a, in a ballpark as opposed to a stadium? Well, Olympic Stadium was, uh, I guess you could say, home for a lot of years. Um, but uh, the big part was Jerry Park, fans were right close Olympic Stadium, they were up, so it wasn't all that close. Yeah, but, uh, but it 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 was a ballpark. It was I I'd say it was a pitcher's ballpark, mainly because the ball really did not carry that well, especially the first couple of years, and then they put that dome type tarp on top to uh, keep the weather, and the ball started carrying a bit more. But uh, other than that, I'd say Jerry Park was, you know, the park to really play in. But uh, I don't know what they're going to do because they're supposed to be building a new ballpark in Montreal. And I don't know if it's going to be domed or it should be because of the weather. But I don't know what they're going to do. So It'd be really great to get baseball back in Montreal because I, um, I think it loses something by not having a team there. I think, uh, yeah, I think everyone – I think remembers them fondly, uh, the Expos fondly, and it'd be nice to uh, get a, get another team back in Montreal. Well, they're trying to, and somebody told me that it'd probably be two to three years before it really happens, unless they can get the stadium built. If they get the stadium built, I think there will be a team there. But uh, they got to get they got to get the stadium done. You know, it's uh, been a long time since I've been down there and <laughs> got got to go in, but. Uh, uh, I think the last time I was there was four years ago. So, it's, yeah, I mean, you had early early success coming into the major leagues. I mean, you were a major leaguer at, at the age of 21. You got signed as a free agent, um, so you didn't you didn't have an easy path. You weren't you weren't like a six 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 uh, you know 220 pound pitcher. You were you were a small diminutive guy, but uh, you, you know you, you made your way in. It was it, it was a difficult. Uh, Combating some of the prejudices as being a small uh, a smaller player. Well, the big part was I was a Canadian. I mean, you know, in at in the seventies there were not that many of us. There, I think there was five 
of us that were plant. Uh, today there's probably, oh geez, about 80 or more. That's counting minor league systems. But yep. you know, it's it's a it's a situation where today they're being scouted more because you know we had guys like Larry Walker, another Hall of Famer, uh, Fergie Jenkins, uh, uh, Holman. Uh, It's on the tip of my tongue, but uh, myself, uh, Denny McSwain from Montreal, uh, Larry Landreth, the, the youngster we call him because he always looks so young. Uh, he came up with me in 76, and, I mean, he didn't last long, but the big thing was he he made it. You know, there's two Canadians from around the same area that made it. Uh you know, and of course, Ferguson Jenkins, and then there's the other one. Uh, here's a trivia question for you, Jeff. Name three professional ball players, all from one city, and at one point in time in their lives lived on the same street. Well, I want to say Yogi Berra, Joe Garagiola, and. <laughs> all right, so it's you, Fergie Jenkins, and who else? He's He was the eye in the sky for the Yankees. He was the general manager of Texas Rangers, and then he went to be president of Milwaukee Brewers, Mr. Doug Melvin. Doug Melvin, okay, sure. Yep, we all from Chatham. Doug signed with Pittsburgh two weeks before I signed with Montreal in 71. And, of course, Fergie was all already well-known. <laughs> but uh, it, it was crazy, you know. Did you feel any pressure being a local a local kid or a Canadian kid going to uh, play for the Expos? Was that was that additional pressure for you, or that didn't really bother you? No, the pressure didn't bother me. That that was one thing I I really didn't worry about as long as I you know got to play. I mean, back then everybody played, you know. So, I mean, we spent more time at Sterling Park here in Chatham every day when I was a kid playing baseball day in, day out, all summer long. And, I mean, if we could have in the wintertime, we probably still would have been playing. But it was just one of those things that, you know, Fergie taught me a bit about control and uh, how to pitch certain hitters and different stuff. And, you know, you take that into stride and you take it, bank it in your brain, and next thing you know, you're facing Willie Stargell or Dave Parker or, you know, (laughs) Dave Winfield or whoever. And, hey, Fergie told me a little bit. You know, so here here we go. And I'm out there doing what I have to do. Sure. You played on, um, you know, some real, with some really great players. You you played on, on a championship team in, in the minor leagues. Um, but you guys just didn't quite make it with the Expos. Is, is there something that kind of held you back that was the missing link that you, that you, that you saw or uh, just, the, the you know, you didn't get the breaks? Well, I think in 78 – I think 78, we were about half half a game out of first place in 78, if I'm not mistaken. It's either 78 or 79. But uh, we got buzzed by lefty Steve Carlton. He threw a two-hitter sure. against He threw a two-hitter against us, and that was it. So we didn't really make any playoffs. But uh, later on, of course, what was it, the uh, – 2002 or 2003, whatever it was, the Expos were way ahead of everybody. I mean, they they were smoking. And yeah, was that the strike were, year, right? Yeah, that's the strike. 
and that really put a burn on, of course, fans in Montreal and pretty well all over for a year or two. And then, uh, you know, one thing just led to another. It just snowballed. And, I mean, the fans in Montreal are fantastic. Don't get me wrong. I mean, we were drawing, you know, thirteen to 25,000 every, every game when I played. And, I mean, the fans were fantastic. No matter what you did, no matter where you went. Like my first first day in Montreal, I had to go to the bank and cash a check. Now, whether you realize or not, people in Montreal drive like crazy. Yes, they do. I got into a cab, and I was bouncing off the walls. <laughs> Jesus, Pete, I just want to get to the bank. So we got to the bank. I go in. I cash my check. I come back out. He says, where are we going? I said, Olympic Stadium. He goes, okay. Then he turns around. He says, are you a ball player? I said, yes, I am. He says, okay. So away we go, bouncing off the walls again. (laughs) He gets me to the stadium. I I go to pay him. He goes, oh, no, no charge for a ball player. (laughs) I said, well, thank you. <laughs> Back then, we didn't make the money they're making today. I mean, you are. When, my rookie year, I made twenty-one thousand dollars. Today, now as a as a pitcher, did you uh, you know you 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 were clo- you closed and you kind of did middle relief? Did you um, did you prefer closing or middle relief, or it didn't really matter to you? It, it didn't really matter to me because I was there. I mean, that was my childhood dream is to make the big leagues and i did it you know it's it's some every every um, i guess you could say athlete or ball player or, or whatever you want to say they wish they can make it like nba basketball players they want to they want to make it uh hockey players want to make the nhl you know baseball players want to make the mlb uh you know it's just one of those things where you know, you dream about it, you think about it, and all of a sudden you got to go out and do it. And apparently, I did. <laughs> <laughs> Were there any parks, um, you know, visiting parks that you preferred pitching mounds that you liked, or parks that you you preferred to to uh, go in, or didn't, that wasn't really a concern for you? No, it wasn't a concern. I mean, most ballparks had everything. I mean, sometimes when you really go to the ballpark and you get there and you check out the, the lines going down first and third in case, you know, somebody lays down a bunt, you got to go over, and if it's going to roll off, you leave it. If not, you got to feel it and get the, get the out. But it, it's different things. You go in, you you know, you check the mound out, and you look at home plate to the mound and see whether it's dead straight on or just a little bit off because certain pitchers like a little bit off something. You know, but it's it's a little different things that uh, you know you look at, and then you look. Of course, you check the outfield and everything else. But I mean, it's it's baseball, so you know you do what you have to do. Were there any um, hitters that you faced that that really uh, owned you, or that you owned that you enjoyed <laughs> facing? The one hitter that really owned me, Steve Garvey. Steve Garvey. Steve's actually been on the show. He's been. He's a a, a great guy. Yeah, but he he owned me. I mean, it didn't matter whether I threw a fastball inside; he could still hit it. Breaking ball, he stayed right on it. I mean, it didn't matter what I did to him. <laughs> he just he owned me. <laughs> How about anyone that you that you owned or that you would really enjoy facing? 
Well, I owned Mike Smith and uh, Greg Lazinski. I faced them. Did you really? Wow. I faced them one day in Philadelphia. I come in with bases loaded and one out, and I got Smith and Lazinski in a row. And I threw Mike Smith three straight curveballs, struck him out. And then here comes Lazinski, and you know how big he was. I mean, I threw him a cock shot. I mean, excuse the language, people, but uh, fast <laughs> right down the middle of the plate. It's it's a term that pitchers use as cock shot, right? So he took it. I said, ooh, thank you very much. <laughs> I threw him two more curveballs and struck him out, and he stood at home plate and cracked the bat in half with his arms. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I went behind third base, behind Larry Parrish, and I said, Parrish goes, where are you going? I said, I want nothing to do with him. <laughs> goes, well, wait for me. <laughs> so was, I understand Pete Rose had a nickname for you. Oh, yeah. he, he <laughs> Excuse the language, people, but it's the little shit. <laughs> because he, there's one person who has the most hits in baseball. Never got one off me. Always well, I'm going to see him in a couple of weeks, so I'm going to bring up your name to see see what he says to says about yep. you. He calls me the little shit. <laughs> I got a, a picture hanging on my wall with me and him. <laughs> so that, that that's very funny. You had um, you injured yourself in, in the first Pearson game, which if people uh, don't know, yeah. it's for for Pearson Cup, it's the game that the Expos in the Blue Jays. Played, uh, you you were the winning pitcher in that game and went into extra innings, but uh, you injured yourself in a kind of strange way, right? Yeah, I suicide squeezed with pitcher on third base, and I uh, about four steps from home plate, my left groin just went kaboom, and I slid into home plate safe, but uh, didn't get up off the ground without help <laughs> because my leg was so sore. But uh, and did they, do you uh, think that? Um, derailed your career a little or or did well, it change it, your delivery or it it derailed a lot of things with me because it was i got sent down to excuse me to denver colorado with the denver bears at the time and got back into shape and came back up the big leagues i was two and oh with uh, two more saves when i came back up but uh just one of those things that happened you know it's and then, of course, you know, little guy, you got to, once Charlie Fox came in, Charlie Fox didn't like me at all. So it was just one of those things. But what happened when you went to the White Sox and they picked you up? I know you, you, you pitched in their minor leagues, but there was never an opportunity for you to get called up. Well, I don't know if there was or not, but uh, they in spring training, they had a guy by the name of Jerry Pratt, and he was probably an inch or so taller than me and he had been there for a few years so they kept him and got sent me to triple a and then um what did what did you do after your, your professional uh, baseball career well in 81 we had our son uh David. congratulations Yep, and he's 40 now. <laughs> you know what? I have a 25-year-old and still little kids. <laughs> well, I got a 20-year-old grandson. <laughs> <laughs> and a 5-year-old. <laughs> so there's I'm jealous. I've lost I've lost two in between, so it's, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. But uh should have four grandsons, but oh well, you know, one thing leads to another. But uh everything's good. 
Uh, he's doing well. He's working for Russell Tool and I, you know, doing things. Uh, I went into, it used to be called Fram. I don't, something else now. But uh, I went into Fram and worked there for two years, and then they closed the one big plant for what reasons I don't know. But uh, So then I went into Continental Can, making uh, food cans, juice cans, and all that stuff, you know, where you get your 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 beans from and different stuff, you know, tomato juice and all that stuff. So, and I worked there for 25 years, and I said enough was enough. Retired. <laughs> it's nice to be retired, isn't it? <laughs> well, it is. You know, I'm 67 now, so, uh, you know, things happen, and now I'm still teaching kids how to play and pitch and different stuff, but, you know, I enjoy it, so... Do you, do you think um, the curveball is is a uh, is a dying art in terms of you know not a lot of guys use the curveball uh, you know as their out pitch? Well, with the strike zone they have today, uh, you know you you've got to really have good control of a curveball, especially today. I mean, they don't give you an inch off the plate. I mean, Maddox and everybody else, we we used to you know get two maybe three inches off the plate on certain pitches. You know, but today they don't. They, I mean, you can hit the corner, and you still not get the call. I mean, yep. it's it's crazy today. But I mean, the harder you. Well, that's throw, what they want. They want the advantage to the offense, right? They want they want runs. Well, yeah, they want runs, but at the same time, you know, you got to give the guy credit. You know. No, I know, and and these games are so long. I don't know if you watched them. If you've been watching the World Series and the playoffs, I'm a Red Sox fan. And those games are four, four, four and a half hours. It's just, it's so different. Well, that's because the strike zone is so different, you know. And guys stand up there and they take a pitch. I mean, when I played, (laughs) see you, (laughs) you're sitting on the bench, you know. Yep. Not today. And, and of course, no. You were a pretty good. You were a pretty good hitter in your day, right? I see. I, I was looking at your stats, and I saw you're you have a 300 career average. It's pretty good. Do you? Uh, did you keep the ball from your first hit? No, I didn't. I, you didn't. No. That's disappointing. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't keep even my first win or save. No. Do you have any memorabilia from your playing days? Do you have uh, any uniforms or hats? Oh yeah, or I got. I've got uniforms and hats. I've I've got uh, my grandson's already claimed them. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> no, I've I've got all kinds of stuff like gloves and balls and different stuff, but uh, never kept the first ones. Were you an autograph collector back in the day? Did you get autographs from from people you played with? Autograph balls or shirts or uh, you know even opponents? Well, I I've got pictures downstairs that. Uh, can't remember who all I got in there, but I've got a lot of them, so it's kind of strange. But I have a good collection of memorabilia stuff for the grandkids, and they will take care of it, <laughs> as my son Did says. He says, "Oh, don't worry, Grandpa. I won't sell any of it." <laughs> <laughs> Did you get a, a ring, a championship ring, when you guys won the championship in the minor leagues? Yes, we did. I got two of them. I've got oh. one from from uh, where is it? Appleton, Wisconsin, and when I was a player coach, and then I got one in Denver in '76 before I got called up to the big leagues because we walked away with that. 
Yeah, I mean, that 76 team was loaded with uh, future major leaguers, right? Well, guys that played in the bigs and never got back, but, you know, we had guys like Roger Freed, uh, Pat Scanlon, Jimmy Cox, uh, Ellis Valentine, Andre Dawson, Cromarty was there for a bit, uh, Bob Reese, um, it, it, Bobby Ramos, and, you know, it goes on and on and on. So, Are you in contact with any of your former teammates? Do you guys have any type of reunions? Or I know it's hard because the Expos are no longer in existence, but um, do you ha- have you been do you in contact with any of your f- former teammates? Well, I used to be with Gary Carter, you know, because uh, Sandy and my wife were good friends when we were playing and different stuff, and Kid and I kept in contact for a while. And then all of a sudden, you know, once he passed away, that goes. But there's Steve Rogers, who, you know, is now with the Players Association, Fergie Jenkins, and, you know, there's there's three or four guys that, uh, you know, we get together with. That's really neat. Now, do you, um, I know, I, you know, I contacted you via the mail and, I, and requested an autograph, and you were kind enough to sign, sign my card for me and send it back to me. Do you get a lot of requests for autographs through the mail? Yes. Yeah, I do. I, uh, I've been, yeah. well, when I signed yours, I had two more, no, three more that I had to sign. And, then, of course, there's the the one headshot, and then there's the one in motion. Uh, the motion one is my rookie card. And then the headshot was taken in Wrigley Field in Chicago. Uh, so I signed a couple of those for each other, different stuff. But, no, it's, I get quite a bit. Are you surprised that, you know, 30 or 40 years after you, you last pitched that, that people are still interested enough to, to uh, learn about you and get your autograph? Oh, yeah, because it it becomes a family collection type thing nowadays. You know, like a father who collected when he was a kid, you know, and never got a card signed. Well, now you can go to the Players Association and get the address of whoever, ball player or whatever, and, you know, send off the cards and most guys are good. They send them back, signed. You know, it's no big deal. Were you were you a collector as a kid? Did you collect baseball cards? No, I, not at all. I was, eight, I was eight years old, and we used to put them in our spikes, in our spokes in the bike, <laughs> to make it sound bad. <laughs> that, that, that's funny. What what are some of the interesting things that people send you? I know they send you cards, but they send you pictures or uniforms or hats or anything like that. Nope, they they haven't sent any hats or uniforms yet, but uh, I've had people send me pictures, like from way back when, <laughs> when I played different stuff. And I mean, I got some from some guy took them off a of TV, I guess, and mailed them off to me, and I I kept those in a scrapbook and different stuff for my grandkids, and so they can say, yep, Grandpa did do it. <laughs> Did you know going back to your first game? Did did your mom and uh, your family get to see you pitch in your first game? No, I mean they did on TV, but they didn't. Yep. Any other way? Uh, back then, you know, of course we were making money that you could fly your family in and whatever. Most teams do today for the first first game of a, say a pitcher or an outfielder or whatever if he's playing. Uh, but uh, back then, no. Did you have any um, favorite road trips, uh, road 
teams that you'd like to, the cities that you'd like to visit. I know Montreal is a great city, and it must have been fabulous to live in uh, in the late seventies. Was there any other any cities that you enjoyed visiting as a as a ball player? I like San Diego because uh, it was a pitcher's ballpark. Uh, San Francisco was cold, <laughs> even though it's ninety degrees outside the stadium. It was cold inside. Uh, L.A. was nice. I mean, it was just a all around nice ballpark. Uh, Cincinnati was a nice ballpark. Uh, Wrigley Field, old, but very, very nice. Uh, which 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 city had had the best restaurants? Best restaurants? I'm I'm going to say Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, really? Yeah. That's cool. I mean, I have never been to Pittsburgh, so. Well, it's they had some nice restaurants in Pittsburgh. Good food. Did you ever get to pitch in Fenway? Fenway? No. Yeah. No. Because I know there was no interleague. But the the Red Sox and, and Expos used to play exhibition games before the season started, right? Yes. But, but that, you never got to pit. It was always up in Montreal? Yeah. That, that's after. Like, I retired in 83 from baseball. Yeah. And uh, inter-squad stuff came in, what was it, 90? 90, right. But I, I remember as a kid, we used to always we always, always always play the Expos uh, before the season started, like after spring training, but before the season started, they'd always used to play a couple games up in Montreal. Yeah, that that was that was uh, way back when. They they okay. usually do they usually do now. Toronto comes in, and um, the last time I was there, Pittsburgh came in for two games in Montreal. Well, Bill, I really appreciate your time today. We're speaking with Bill Atkinson. Bill was a right-handed pitcher with the Montreal Expos from 1976 to 1979. It was a pleasure to learn about your career and learn about some of, you know, coming up and learn about dealing with the autograph requests and stuff. Is there anything you'd like to talk to talk about that we didn't mention today? Yeah, we had a lot of good time. And I appreciate it, Jeff, and uh, all the best to you and all the fans out there. Keep going to the ball games and enjoy. Thank you. I appreciate it, and, and you have a great day. I'll work on that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Bill. I appreciate your time. You too, Jeff. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, that wraps up another edition of TTM Cast, your sports collectibles podcast, where we talk TTM cards, autographs, collecting, and a whole lot more. My name is Jeff Baker, and I have been your host for the program and was joined by my co-host, Drew Pelto. Drew, another one's in the books. It is. Yep, a little lighter week, but hey, we got we got plenty of stuff in there along with it. Yeah, I hope guys enjoyed learning about um, signed. And, and please enter our contest. It's SIGND.com is the website. Our contest, uh, you can send our entry to our text line at 978-729-0662 or email us at ttmcast.yahoo.com. Just send me your name and your email address and in the subject line, write signed contest, and you're entered for uh, one free video fan experience of your choice. So we want to thank our friends at Signed for donating that. We want to thank Bill Atkinson for uh, joining the show. It was really a pleasure to learn about his career and about um, his time in the major leagues and uh, also dealing with autograph requests. So, it was kind of, kind of, it's always kind of cool to talk to former major leaguers. Um, 
We've got a great show next week. We have uh, Howard Mar Margulies. I'm going to get this right. Howard Margulies, who is founder and CEO of Signed, will be on, on next week. To, we'll learn more about what the excited things that are happening there. Uh, Drew, anything else you want to add before I let you go? I think that's about it. I mean, hopefully hopefully this week's going to be uh, coming with a little bit more full of a mailbox. I'm, I'm thinking and hoping. I hope so, too. I will be going to the uh, Granite State Baseball uh, Dinner next week. It is actually going to be next Saturday, so it will be after we record the show. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll hear about that in two weeks. Uh, all sorts of cool, exciting things happening that we uh, will we'll let you guys know soon but um you know, tell your friends about ttm cast down what we're doing if you like collecting if you're into autographs uh or if you just want to make money off our, our poor nfl picks uh you, you know where to go we're at tm cast on social media we're at social media we're on instagram we are on twitter at cast ttm we are on uh drew is on youtube drew why don't you give you a youtube channel Yep, that's just Drew's Autographs, youtube.com slash Drew Pelto, or go to dfwgrapher.com and link to everything from there. Yeah, and you can find us anywhere our podcasts are available. So I want to thank you guys for hanging in there. We're not a little long this week. Uh, and as always, wishing you many happy returns. We'll see you next week.